Thank you, worship team. Appreciate our worship team. It will not be long before we are back up and running with our full team. We had some in quarantine, and their quarantine actually ended uh, yesterday, and uh, so we'll see some of them back here next week. And and um, but just uh, just grateful to Pastor Zach and the team, Melissa and Tori was last week. Scotty with uh, Drummond with an injured binger. What a beast! And uh, good to see Linda back after her her time away. So just um, appreciate everybody. Uh, again, Pastor Terry, I'm lead pastor here at Fusion Church. It's so so good to be with all of you guys, and and uh, I hope that you came hungry. I hope that you came expecting because it, it is it is something that we see in Scripture that if that if you hunger for more of God, you get more of God. It's the only guarantee there is that if you want something, you get that thing. If I want a new car, I don't get a new car simply because I want a new car. If I want beef jerky, I don't get beef jerky just because I want beef jerky. Believe me, I've tried. Right? If you want a new house with all the nicest things in it, you don't just get that because you want that. But if you truly hunger for more of God, God says, okay, that's what you want, that's what you get. And uh, we forget that God desires to pour himself out on us. God's looking for a reason to pour himself out on us, not looking for a reason to walk away from us. And, um, and so just grateful for that. Um, we're in a series right now called Storytime. And, uh, and it's basically where it's, we are telling the parables of Jesus and just kind of talking about them. Week one was the Pharisee and the tax collector. He had the, the Pharisee who has it all together. He's praying in the sanctuary and he's saying, God, I'm thankful that I'm not like all these other schmucks, that I get it right and that these guys are all messed up, but thankfully I'm not. I do it right and just thankful for that. And then you had the tax collector, somebody who would have been considered an abomination to his people, an abomination to God, a thief an extortioner, and he stands afar off. He won't lift his eyes to heaven, and he beats his chest, and all he can say is, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus actually says it's the guy who has that heart that is, that is right in the sight of God. And I pointed out that when you have your eyes on yourself, you're missing it. When you are looking at your own personal failure or your own personal successes, but it's that moment where you take your eyes off of yourself, you put them on God and his miraculous ability to, to do work in your life, that's when amazing things begin. And so that was week one. Week two, we talked about the wise man and the foolish man. The wise man builds his house on the rock. Foolish man builds his house on the sand. And the rains came and the winds came. And the house that was built on the rock, that's on the life of Jesus, stood strong. The other one collapsed. And we talked about which one are you building your life on? Where, where's your life being built right now? And why would somebody choose sand? It shifts. It's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a, 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 a good place to, to build a house. And what we talked about was how it doesn't really matter so much what your, what your house is built and made of. It really matters what your house is built and made on. What, what foundation are you living your life out of? This week, we are going to hit the parable, and this is one of my favorites, of the sower and the seed. So, to do the reading, let's go to story time. Here we go, check it out. Join us again this week for story time as we read the parables of Jesus. Matthew 13, 1-9. 
The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in the parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. All right. So shout out to my friend Diana Randis for, for, uh, for our reading today. And um, you, did you just see the pug? They have two of those. They're stinking adorable. You'll see a, I know in, in the next one, it, it even has a, a, a better role. Uh, you know, it was kind of an extra here, but it plays more of a main part next time. So, um, I love the, the parable of the sower and the seed. Now picture what's going on here. Now you got to understand Jesus is kind of standing um, at the coastline of, a, of, a, of an ocean here, of a major body of water. And people are flocking to Jesus from everywhere. They're coming from all over the place. And they just, they've heard so much about him. I mean, we're in Matthew chapter 13 now. So he's done miracles. He's cast some demons out. He's raised, he's, 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 uh, he's healed some people. He's done some crazy things. And so by now people have heard that this Jesus is doing some things that nobody's, and he's saying things nobody's ever said before. So the crowd starts coming around and they're, and they're pressing in on him and the crowd is absolutely huge. So he, he can't push them back. They're, 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 they're crunching in on him. And so what he does, because there's so many people, he gets out in the boat and he pushes away. And then he begins to tell parables. He actually tells quite a few parables at this point in time. He goes from one to the next, to the next, to the next. But I think the sower and the seed is absolutely so important. And he starts talking, and here's, here's what he, you, you read what he said, and we're going to read from, a different, from a, a, a different version of the Bible, but he talks about the sower that went out and he sowed seed. It was a farmer. And it says that he, he threw some and it landed by the wayside. He threw some and it landed on stony ground. He threw some and it landed by thorns and was choked out. And then finally he threw some and landed on good ground and it produced something. He tells a story because he wants you to see the meaning behind what he's saying. Jesus is trying to get you to understand. And, and actually, the, the disciples, and understand, it's okay for you to be a little confused by this because the disciples, the people that rolled with Jesus, they're like, uh, Jesus, we got no idea what you mean. <laughs> Which is hilarious. He's like, what? You guys are with me all the time. What is wrong with you? And so let's look at the explanation that, that Jesus gives, okay? He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. They come up to him and they say, well, we're not even really sure what you just said. And, and, uh, and here's, here's what he said, okay? Um, he, he, goes, he goes into it and he starts, he starts talking and he says, he says uh, I completely lost it. We're not going to do that. I completely lost it. So he gives the... He gives the <laughs> Oh, man, it's going to be a rough day, guys. Yeah, thank you, Dan, thank you. 
So he gives the explanation. He starts talking about what each seed means and which one is which. And, and, uh, and you actually see in verses 18 through 23, he starts talking about, about this. And here, here's what he says. He says, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Anyone who hears the word of, word of the kingdom, so the, the, the seed is the word of God, does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away from him, from his heart. This is he who receives the seed by the wayside. But he who receives the seed on stony places is who, here who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, indeed indeed bears fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So this is what Jesus is talking about. There's his explanation. So I want to look at some things and kind of break it down. Can we do that? Man, thank you that you're here. I don't know if anybody else is here, but at least I've got you. The seed that falls by the wayside. Again, let's, let's read what Jesus said. He said that he spoke many things to them in parables. He said, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the waysides, and bird, birds came and devoured them. This is a moment where it all starts. He says he, that, that the sower sows, and it falls on hard ground. I want you to understand that this is an important moment. It, it, says, it says that it falls by the wayside. How many of you ever heard of the word like falling by the wayside? Do you know exactly what that means? We think it just means it fell over there, right? It, it, it kind of escaped our attention. It, it, it kind of fell out of our, out of our view. But, but when you look at the word wayside, what he really means is, is, the, is the path, is the road. And this is a, a road that is hard ground. And because of the hardness of that ground, the seed can't penetrate. And because of that, then it's just laying there, exposed. And so birds are able to come and eat. Man, birds are jerks. Birds are jerks, man. They like try and get into your house. You know, they carry your small dogs off. Anybody ever had that one happen before? Wes, are you waiting? Never mind. I'm not even going to put you guys in that position to argue. He's got a small dog that I think his wife likes more than him. And uh, I don't want to put you guys against each other. Yes, you like your dog more than you like him, I would say. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put you guys in a position to argue. We know people with hard hearts, right? You ever met somebody with just a really hard heart? Especially when it relates to the things of God. When you try really, really, really hard to talk to them about what God has done in your life and they just, they shut you down. It's like they get angry, they cross their arms, they scowl, they kind of give you this look like, dude, seriously, stop talking. I don't want to hear, have you ever been there? Have you ever just met somebody with a hard heart, period, and wondered, man, what has happened to you? Were you always this way? I mean, Ebenezer Scrooge, what is going on in your life? This is why God says in, 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 in Ezekiel, he says, I want to give you, I want to remove your heart of stone, and I want to place within you a heart of flesh. This is what he's talking about. But it means even more when you realize how the wayside happens. Because understand this. 
when we talk about the wayside, we talk about the street, we talk about the stones fall or the, the seeds falling there, it gets really interesting when you realize how the wayside's made. This was before roads were invented. This was before asphalt and concrete was invented. These, these roads became hard because they were worn down, because people walked all over them. And so many times the people in your life with the hardest hearts are the ones who are worn down because there have been people in their life that have walked all over them. Have you ever noticed that the hardest hearts are the ones that have been hurt the most? You ever notice that? And we wonder why when we try and sow into their life, it just, it just kind of deflects off of them because they have been hurt. Now their heart is hard. And so much so that it causes them to be completely unable to receive what God has for them. I remember one time I had a friend and she's like, my sister's here and she's just, she's not doing well. She's been through a whole lot and I Pastor Terry, would you just come and would you talk to her and, and see if you can just kind of sow some seed into her life, maybe, maybe kind of talk to her about who God is and who she can be in him. And so I'm like, yeah, fine. And so we start talking. She starts telling me all the things that have happened to her, and it is a laundry list of horrible things. It's really, really bad. And I'm like, man, you've been through a lot. Let me tell you what the Word of God says. And I started talking to her about the Word of God, and you know what happened? She fell asleep. Like fell asleep mid my mid sin people don't fall asleep on me i'm loud and I, I will come find you i'm like what are you doing i'm like uh i'm like i look at the girl i'm like uh, your sister just fell asleep on me she's like yeah i've never seen her do that one before I'm like, I'm like, yo sister wake up man she was out she was out like a fat kid playing dodgeball she was out you know what i'm saying I'm like, lady, what are you doing? And she just, it was like she shut it down. She was so hard-hearted. She just, she just slept on me, man. And I've seen so many people, you try and sow into them, and they just, it just deflects off of them because of the hardness of their heart, because of what they've been through. So many people become hard-hearted because of how they've been treated. And it makes it hard for them to receive what God has for them. So when you talk about the, the, the seed that falls by the wayside, these are the people we're talking about. The hardness of their heart robs them of their ability to hear what God has in store for them. Isn't that sad? That should break your heart. That should cause you heartache. The next one, the seed that was thrown on stony ground. So some fell on the, on, by the wayside, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Now, if you look, if you study this a little bit, because I, I, like I, I got this Bible software where I finally get to really go dig deep and study, and so I love it. And so some things are blowing my mind. And what he's, talk, what he's saying here when Jesus is talking, he's not talking about a... a a field filled with rocks. He's saying that underneath the surface, there's a bedrock where you can only have a little bit of soil and then there's rock underneath. And what happens is, is when you sow the seed, it springs up quick because there's only that much soil and it's not really hard to grow in that. The problem is, is, is just like what Jesus said, when they grow quickly, when the sun comes out and it's really hot or harsh conditions, it can't withstand and so it withers and dies. 
I've seen people like this before. Because here's the thing, the fact of the matter is there has to be growth this way, but also growth this way. There has to be growth above the surface, but there also has to be growth beneath the surface. You you have got to be able to to grow this way, but you've also got to be rooted this way. Do you hear that? This is important. This is absolutely huge. Premature and undeveloped roots cannot sustain itself in the heat. So let's look spiritually. What does that mean for us? I've seen people respond to God in their life, and man, it's almost like they exploded onto the scene. And they grew quick, and it was it was it was quick. And and you know what? That was the same for me. I gave my life to the Lord on April fourth of nineteen ninety nine. I went home. I I stopped seeing a couple of the girls that I was seeing because they were bad news. Narrowed it down to one. I thought that was pretty good on the first day, right? I mean, Jesus, God, God even took a rest on day seven, so, you know, I think I'm doing pretty good. That night, I walk into Crane Plumbing. That's where I worked, Crane Plumbing. I had just left Muskingum University, couldn't play football anymore. I walked into Crane Plumbing, and I quit my job because that place was crazy. It was hot. Like, we're talking Africa hot, like gazelles running by hot. You know what I mean? Like, only thing separating us from hell is a screen door hot. You know what I'm saying? And I walk in and I quit my job. And the guy's so used to being quit on, he didn't chase me out. I was like, hey, Jim, I can't do this, man. I'm out of here. He's like, all right, man, peace out. And went back to his lunch. I'm like, you're so used to being quit on, you don't even chase people out when they come in and quit? He's like, no, I'm good, man. Catch you later. I called my friends and said, man, I accepted Christ as my Savior. The party's over. Little did I know the party was just beginning. But I was like, party's over. No more alcohol, no more parties, no more, no more of this stuff. I'm done. And they're like, yeah, whatever. It was, it was a quick growth for me, but also there had to be some growth beneath the surface or it was never going to last. And I've seen people, they grow quick. They do it in a heartbeat and they get involved in ministry and they do all these things. But because they don't root themselves in the word of God, it all just kind of disappears when it starts to get really, really, really hard. You ever thought about that? I know people that they may grow fast, but they're not rooted. Again, on a spiritual level, there has to be growth this way. Guys, I want you to understand that you need to be producing fruit. But the only way this continues is if you build this way as well. Where beneath the surface is your most amount of depth. You have to be rooted. What do I mean by that? That means you've got to know the word. And you got to know what you believe. And you got to know why you believe it. And you shouldn't just wait, wait till Sunday morning and hear it from me. You should be seeking it out on your own. You should be falling on your face in worship. You should have a worship playlist on, on Pandora or, or any of the other apps that are out there. What's another one? What is the Spotify, YouTube, any of those. You should be able to turn that on. And go after God in your living room just as hard as you go after God in here. Your prayer life. You've got to have a prayer life beneath the surface that sustains and supports the growth on top of the surface. That is required of us. And when we don't do that, it will get hard. What did I say last week? That the rains came and the wind came and the storm came. No matter which soil it was on, it still came, right? It's going to get hard. And let me just tell you something. 
We are coming to a time where being a follower of Jesus is going to be less and less popular. We're already there. The days of being a follower of Jesus are no longer in vogue. No longer fun. And it's going to get harder. And if you don't know who you are in Christ and who your identity is in Him and what you believe and why you believe in, you don't have a prayer life, when the heat is on, you're going to wither away. I've seen it so many times. I remember, man, one of my favorite things when I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for a long time, even some of your youth pastor, right? And I was just talking to Jordan how I can't believe he's an adult with a wife and a child. Because when I look at him, I still see that 14-year-old that I got on his case every single week because I saw so much potential. And man, he has stepped into that potential. The babies have grown up. One of my favorite things as a youth pastor was to watch the light bulb come on and, and watch, watch people finally get it and like explode into who God's called them to be. But I've seen so many times they didn't sustain it by putting down roots. There was a kid named Brandon, exploded onto the scene, had an encounter with God where his life was just in an instant changed. I mean, just, you remember him? Do you remember the guy I'm talking about? Just exploded. And we were, we were man, we were, I was pouring into him. We were pouring into him. We were loving on him. We had him, we had him a part of all kinds of ministry. And then one day he just disappeared. I'm looking for him. And dude, I can stalk I can stalk all day long. That's how I got my wife. I'm good. I can do it. That's how I landed Megan. Actually, what happened, she saw me from across the room and was like, I need to have that. So we all know. We all know. So anyway, I was like, man, where did Brandon go? He like disappeared. Come to find out. He like moved to Florida. Didn't see him again until he showed up telling me that he just got arrested for cocaine possession. Because he had no roots when it got really, really, really hard, it all fell apart. And this is why you see people who were once so strong in the faith because they had premature and undeveloped spiritual roots, they couldn't sustain the heat of a hard moment. So you've got the one that falls by the wayside and and it's a hardened heart. And they don't accept it because their heart is so hard from what they've been through. Then you've got the others who they grow quickly, but they don't root themselves in the knowledge and the grace and the word of God. Then you've got the one that falls among, uh, among thorns. It says, some seed fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. I want you to understand that the thorns fought for the same nourishment in that soil as the seed that was sown, right? What do you need? You need, you need healthy soil, right? You need sunlight, you need water, you need time, right? The seed that is sown needs the same exact thing as the, as the thorns does. And whichever one is nourished more is the one that's going to grow and take over the other. And that's what he's saying here is, the thorns were nourished more. And because the thorns were nourished more, it became bigger, stronger, and took over and choked out the other one. 
And we see in Scripture, we see people do this all the time. And when Jesus is talking about what the thorns meant, he said it's the worry of the world. It's the hope of of the world. It is is the, the riches of the world. It's like putting your faith in anything other than God. Much like the things of this world, whichever we feed the most will grow to be the most powerful and choke the other out. So listen, if we are feeding our fears, what's going to grow up and choke, choke the word of God out of our life? Our fear. If we are feeding our selfish desires, then it's our selfish desires that's going to grow and take root and take over. But if we're feeding and nourishing the word of God in our life, and we're creating an atmosphere where God can do what God wants to do in our life, then that's what grows. But so often people get focused on what the world has to offer, either because they want that or they're so afraid of that, but they get focused on it, and it takes over. God wants more for us than this. Do we hear that? God wants more for us than this. I guess my question for you today I'm trying to hurry. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm taking forever, if I'm boring you guys. I guess my question for you today, and this is something for you to ponder, something for you to ask yourself. I don't want your answer right now, but I want you to ponder. I want you to go home. I want you to think about it. And if there's a change that needs made, then make the change. What are you feeding? What are you feeding in your life? Are you feeding the desire for the world? Are you feeding your worry? Are you feeding your fear? Are you feeding your doubt? Are you feeding, as the Bible says, that which so easily and quickly besets you? Or are you feeding God and his word and nourishing him in your life? What are you feeding? In the way that you live your life, in the way that you think, in the way that you operate, what are you feeding? So you have the three, the three big ones. The one that fell by the wayside. The one that that fell on stony ground, the one that fell on thorns. And then you have this one, the seed that fell on good ground. What is good soil? We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I guess it's soil that produces uh, an atmosphere where growth can happen, right? And nourishing the seed that's planted. And because, uh, because it's healthy and good soil, it produces an abundance, Right? So what does good soil look like when it comes to the Spirit in our life? There's a scripture that I have just grown really, really fond of, and, and it challenges us on this is how we need to live. It's in 1 Timothy chapter 1, and, and Paul is telling Timothy this is the kind of life we should be living. It's in verse 5. It says, now, the purpose, the purpose of this commandment is, check this out, love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. I don't know about you guys, but that sounds really good to me. Doesn't that sound really good to live your life? Is to love from a pure heart with a good conscience and a sincere faith. I don't know about you, but I want that desperately for myself. Like I really, really want that on a personal level for me. Because when this world's looking for people that can impact them, I believe they're going to be looking not for the cool ones, because that's not me. I mean, I'm pretty cool, I guess, whatever. You know. no. And I don't struggle with humility either, so that's good. No. 
I'm never going to be like the cool pastor. I'm just not. Like, these are the tightest my jeans are ever going to get. And even this is pushing it. I'm not going to be one of those pastors that you can look from across the room and say, that guy's got exactly 47 cents in his front pocket. That's just never going to be me. Right? It's not going to be. You've seen the guy. You know. I want, I want a pure heart. I want a good conscience, man. I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and know that I'm doing it right. That when somebody says, I, I want to be just like you, that doesn't scare me. Like when my son Gavin looks at me and says, Dad, I want to be the kind of man that you are, I don't get scared to death when he says that. Amen? Amen. But then I look in the mirror and I'll be like, you know what? I'd be good with that. I want to live that kind of life where I have a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Guys, I'm telling you, What's going to impact this world for Jesus is authenticity. Authenticity amongst everything else is absolutely important. A sincere faith that you are who you say you are because he is who he says he is. Pastor Zach, you want to play some of the background? That'd be awesome, man. I I didn't ask you to do that, but I, I thank you. This is what healthy soil looks like, but also healthy soil is productive. So when all the things that happen, you got the seed sown, you got the rain, you got the water, you got the sun, at some point in time, a follower of Jesus has to start producing. That's us. That's us. You've got to start producing fruit. That means your faith has to be more than the fact that you go to church. That means you need to be working in people's lives, introducing them to Jesus simply by the way that you live because you have a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. That should make you somebody that they would want to follow. And you produce fruit. You produce fruit in the life that you live through generosity, by being a light and witness in your your people's lives. We produce fruit by being involved in ministry, taking your part of the kingdom of God, God calls us to produce. Just like it should be hard to, to, to be on the fence nowadays, it should also be hard to just come to church and sit in the pew and do absolutely nothing. Right. Now, if you're here and you need healing, take some time and heal. But at some point in time, you've got to start producing. At some point in time, you've got to start producing fruit and fruit that remains and lasts. Amen? So you have, and, and, then, and you know, because of that, some will do great things, some will do good things. Don't play the comparison game. I'm going to talk about the comparison game in my Christmas series. Don't play the comparison game. Don't do it. Don't look at the guy beside you and say, I should be living as well as that guy right there. I should be, I should be producing the fruit. that You don't know what that guy did. You don't know why his root system is so deep. You don't know what he went through. Don't wish you were like other people because you may end up going through what some of those other people went through to get where they are now. And you may not be ready for that. Look at Reverend L. Everybody's like, man, I want to be just like Reverend L, but do you want to go through the fires he walked through before he ever stepped foot on this continent to have that kind of anointing? Are you ready for it? So don't play the comparison game. Just be who God called you to be and produce what God called you to produce. And so when we look at this, it sounds really bad. Three out of four 
That's even a bad baseball stat. That's a one set. That's a that's a what a uh, uh, a 250 average. I mean, that's not bad. Somehow all stars made it. Somebody made it to all stars in baseball on that. It's not even a great average for baseball, let alone eternity. Think on that for a second. 25%. You have four kinds of soil, and it kind of feels depressing, especially as a pastor, to know that three out of the four people that I pour into may not make it. So what's our responsibility? What's our responsibility? I believe our responsibility is two things. Number one, be the good soil. Be the good soil. You guys, be the good soil. And live a life and create an environment where God can multiply in your life. Be the good soil. Receive what God has for you and do the right things with it and start producing. Be the good soil. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. Can you do that? It may take a while, but we'll get it. And the second one, and this one is the, this is the one that some people will lose heart on. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Sow the seed. Start living the word of God everywhere you go. Start proclaiming the word of God wherever you go. And watch what God does with it. But PT, three out of four fail. I know, sow it anyway. But PT, somebody, somebody's going to have a hard heart and they're not going to want to hear what I have to say. Okay, that's fine. Throw it anyway. PT, somebody's going to be, somebody's going to maybe spring up quick and they're going to fall apart and it's going to be devastating. I know, throw it anyway. PT, you got to understand that, that probably they're going to get focused on what the world has to offer and their fears and all these things are going to focus on that and it's going to pull them away. I know, but throw it anyway. God doesn't call you to decide who is who. God doesn't call you to say, well, this guy is, is bad seed or is bad soil and this guy's good soil, so I'm going to sow here. No, he says, sow it. And let God do what God does. That's what we do. That's who we are. Let us be people that share the word of God and not be worried about what kind of soil is laying there. Be faithful with the patch of land that's in front of you and let God do what God does. Amen? Go ahead and stand to your feet. Throw it anyway. Throw it anyway. I know something could go wrong. Throw it anyway. Throw it anyway. You'd be surprised where you'll see the seed that you, that you threw begin to grow. I live in Shelby, and uh, I don't know if you heard, but there's a redneck or two there. <laughs> One of them lives on my street. I have no idea how, but dude had like corn stalks growing out of his sidewalk in the middle of town. And I would think that he would pull it. I don't know if it was real food or whatever, but it was gone come harvest time. I don't know. Nathan, maybe you can answer some questions on that for me. I would appreciate it. You'd be surprised where the seed that you sow will stick. It'll blow your mind. People that should never have made it will make it because you sowed. So when you go to your Thanksgiving dinner, or you do your Thanksgiving Zoom, I guess, I don't know, you know, you have your virtual turkey day together, you know what I mean? 
and you wear your mask the whole entire time, that's going to be the, the best weight loss agent there is, eat, trying to eat with a mask. You spend your time with your family, sow the word of God. You go to work, you see your friends at work, sow the word of God. And your children, sow the word of God. And let God determine which, which soil is which. Because amazing things will happen. Amen. Amen? And in your own personal life, be the good soil. Be the kind of person that creates an atmosphere in their life where God can multiply. That's our responsibility. Amen? Listen, I got to let you guys go. I'm going to pray. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's the beginning right there. I would love to talk to you about that. Maybe you knew him and you walked away and it's time to come back. I would love to talk to you about that as well. Maybe you're doing just fine. Then go out, be the good soil, and sow the seed and watch what God does. Okay? Good? All right. I'm going to pray. Altars are open if you want to come and kneel at the altar or spend some time praying by yourself. We're not, we're not laying hands on each other's faces right now. Okay? We'll get there, but we're not there yet. All right? I'm not, I'm not pointing that at anybody. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you are a good God. And Lord, we just want to be good soil. Father God, I want to be the kind of person that lives life with a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith so that you can do whatever it is that you want to do, God. I pray for my friends that we would live that life, that we would be the kind of soil that creates an environment where you can multiply in our lives. And Lord, help us to leave this place today throwing your word everywhere we possibly can to change lives. God, for those who may not know you today, I just pray that you would pour yourself out and that they would see that a relationship with you is the single greatest gift we can ever receive. So Lord, we ask you today to move in our lives. Pour yourself out. Help us to be the good soil. Help us to throw it anyway for the ones that aren't. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. We're going to crank up the music. If you want to come to the altar, feel free. If you got to go, you got to go. If you want to come talk to me, come talk to me, God. God bless.